Where are the brackets? Where are the round robins? Where's everything? Very, very weird, but all right. <clears throat> you guys ready? Sure. I will go ahead. And three, two, three, three, three. three. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll go ahead and begin in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be recapping uh, the open uh, division for the Elite Dodgeball West Round 2, and also some of the nosting. And here to help me do so is returning guests Bill, Ryan, and new to the panel, Joe. Uh, guys, thanks for thank you so much for hopping on. And, you know, let's start with the usual uh, intro. Let's start with you, Bill. Yeah, uh, I'm Bill Fisher. I am the uh, acting captain of Fortune uh, from Seattle. Uh, yeah. That's me. Hey guys, Ryan Haley here. Um, I would call myself the active captain of the Raiders in Los Angeles. Um, I'm Joe DeFuria. I am the unquestioned captain of the Upstart Smash based out of Arizona. Unquestioned. But yeah, none of this acting crap. Okay. There is one ruler here. <laughs> it is me. Uh, I can't wait to talk to your team about that uh, when I see them again. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I won't. Uh, we'll say that for an offline conversation. But um, I don't want to question your your rule, especially with all the Game of Thrones speak going on lately. But um, yeah, again, I know it's late, so thank you guys again. Um, always love talking to you guys and, and just trying to re recap what what took place. And per usual, I obviously missed it. I was playing Army, so definitely gonna lean on all of you to kind of just uh, retell the story. So let's um, let's just start with my usual. You know, like your biggest takeaways. Um, from you know round one and, and round two and we'll start with you bill like how would you surmise everything now that it's over and done with i think the best summary that i've seen so far was when the round robin standings were posted uh andrew ketchum posted a gif that just said like what the happened <laughs> and i think that's got to be the best way to summarize it like everyone stepped up their game there was a bunch of people swapping around in seeds like a lot of people showed up to this event. Like overall, the the play was was like top notch. Like this is probably the most consistent level of play I think we've had to play against. Um, Downpour came; they showed up big. Uh, Roybots were. Um, I know they went down in the seed, but just going up against them, this is the hardest we've ever had to fight. Like fighting them. Uh, Grit two owed us. Showtime beat us. Like. A lot of those like middle of the pack teams really stepped it up. I'm wondering if it's uh, a lot of like you know we talked about in the past like uh, being consistent with teams. I know Showtime. This is their second time playing together. Uh, same thing with Heat, right? This is Heat's second time playing together, and they took first. Um, there was a lot of hype around them coming into this season. Didn't see it round one, but I mean, if first place in what two divisions? Like you know, we're we're seeing that consistency and. It takes more than one event to make a team. Um, I mean, when you say um, second time playing together, do you mean like that particular squad of guys? Well, they played the Tribune tournament, but that didn't have 8.5. So this is their second time, right, like as a team playing 8.5, as far as I'm aware. Sure, but I mean, Heat was a team last year too, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah this this new were a different iteration. Yeah, but I mean, Showtime's been around for years, and it's a majority of the same guys. So I think specifically speaking to Showtime, um, they've just been been practicing a lot. Uh, Raiders and Grit both practice with them a lot in Los Angeles, um, and they've been taking it really seriously uh, and improving their game a, a lot. Oh yeah, I, I mean, just to be clear, when I talk about consistency, like. Um, I, I mean, like down to every single individual, um, because, uh, you know, we've had a sub on fortune now for the past three events being the tribune round one, round two to, you know, varying degrees of success and whatnot. But, um, like it shows in our seating, like early in the day, like we don't do so hot. Like it takes us until a bit into like, okay, this is how we're playing. This is what we can expect. Um, and at least having a full round behind you and then having the exact same six in the next round is you're not starting on that page one anymore, right? You know what to expect at least, you know, a decent amount from every single player. So I think even one person changing is, is big. Uh, and right. Showtime's had the same roster as far as I can tell between round one and round two and they nailed it in. And Gotcha. Yeah. I was going to say too, I'm glad you chimed in, Ryan, like Showtime's been around since at least 2014 and, uh, but it might be like the same three or four people since then with with uh tory and I, I honestly can't think of like no faces but i can't think of uh names but there's well, two yeah, people wes wes james um john uh yeah they've, they've got a, a lot of the same crew um rich has been playing with them for a while now um i think they picked up devar i don't know if he played this past round i, I don't know if he hurt his hand um he might have played but unfortunately i didn't get get to play showtime uh this past uh round uh so i'm i'm not too sure who all was on their roster for this time. Yeah, and I, I think what I, I definitely agree, uh, even without being there uh, with what you're saying, Bill. Like a lot of these teams that have stuck it out over the course of last round and last year um, are stepping up considerably, and I think a lot of that is going to be attributed to staying staying on the same roster, staying as the same team, and, and also practicing. And as you were saying, Ryan, taking it more seriously. But um, we'll definitely dive into like the more more team specific. Um, talking points later on but um let's go to you ryan what were your biggest takeaways from um from round two versus round one yeah so kind of on that point is um how big a single person can be to a roster in that um not having catch them on crisis really changed things uh tim having a club hand uh for rise i think really affected them um when you move billy over from head hunters to grit uh, I think that uh, we saw a little dip in the headhunters and a huge jump uh, in grit. So when you're able to add a, a big name or an all-star, uh, I think that does a lot for your team. Yeah, I wanted to – so you said, you said Tim had a club. Did, does anybody know what happened to him? I think he broke his hand playing basketball. Huh. That was That's what I like got from rumblings. Gotcha. But. Yeah, did you guys know he played basketball? Oh yes. Random random trivia question about about Tim Fullerton. Yeah, I guess Doesn't, he. Uh, what's that? He plays he plays basketball with someone's dad, right? Doesn't he play with someone? Now I just, I'm like heard the story somewhere. Now I got to think of it. Well, he in, in so same shameless plug. Last season when I interviewed him, he told me like one of the things he does to stay stay fresh is he plays basketball. And I was like, oh man, I hate that game, so I'll never be able to to take that from him. But um, I don't remember who he said he plays with specifically. I just know that that's something he does on the on the off season when he's not playing dodgeball. And 
that sucks. Like the irony that that's what's taking him out of it. Um, and he was like trying to play left-handed. Like he was still out there. Uh, he was playing right-handed too. <laughs> was he really? Jeez. Yeah. Was he? Uh, was 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 it? Was he like the sixth guy? Like they didn't have a sub for them, or like was he? Oh, they, um, Chris Bell didn't show up. Um, like I guess his flight got canceled or delayed the night before. So Chris Bell showed up like well into round robin. So uh, they were playing down five. And then Chad uh, couldn't make it um, due to personal reasons. Right. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, dang, and they still. Still managed to pull it together and, and get third. Freaking rise. Um, going back to Ketchum, so I uh, I saw, thanks to Brett, uh, Brett's post, like one prayer equals one like or whatever, and I thought they were joking around. I like I had no idea he actually like went down uh, or collapsed or whatever happened to him, but do any of you guys know what happened to him? And did that impact him not being there this past weekend? Or uh, yeah. Ketchum? Yeah, yeah, I don't um, – it's – what is it? Uh, it's a kidney disorder. Um, rhabdo. rhabdo right, yeah, rhabdomyolysis. Thank you. What? Um, uh, you know, when you when your muscles break down and basically poison your kidneys. So, um, you know, he made that awesome transformation. You know, you saw the, the pictures that he posted from round one last year to round one this year. Um, so he hits the gym hard and apparently a little too hard. Um, <laughs> you know, go 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 and then you you fly over to england and and uh and play so yeah so i guess he's he's just on recovery um thanks yeah i talked to him today he, uh he said he's close to coming back to be able to play so uh, we look forward to that we really don't but at the same time we do oh i 100 percent do <laughs> yeah. i want to i want to play the hardest team and come out on top but now, we'll talk about crisis and, and how that impacted him. But, um, yeah, that's – so, again, I thought nothing of it, and then I saw a picture of him on the hospital bed, and I was like, what the heck happened to him? And then um, you mentioned Billy to Grit, so I wanted to look at the seating. He was on Grit for 8.5, or was he on Grit for no staying? Because he was also on Arsenal, right? I didn't know which was which. Maybe he was with ah. Arsenal. He's the Baron Davis of dodgeball in the West here, just – He'll hop on a team for a little bit. He was definitely with Grit for 8.5. Um, he might have switched for No Sting or maybe even Co-Ed. Let's just see like what team jumped up. Okay, so Grit took second in No Sting. Seeding, yeah. Yeah, in seeding. So maybe he hopped on there. Because um, I know he's on Dope for um, Co-Ed. Co-Ed. Hmm. Or maybe it wasn't 8.5. Yeah, it might have been no, just... No, I think it was 8.5. I forget now. Oh, you know what? No. Um, Billy played Arsenal 8.5 because we played against them to start the day. And yeah, that's right. Gotcha. And I didn't, I didn't play against either of those teams um, on either division, so I wouldn't know. Curious what, uh, what team will hop on next for round three. But, um, let's move to you, well, Joe. They, oh, good. Yeah, well, they certainly need to get their the elite rules in order for if you rank with a certain team, you're not allowed to play for, for other teams because um, it just seems kind of crazy that you can just have like one all-star all just jumping around 
getting people to land in the top four. And then ditch them and then they have a little bit of a fall fall in seating and, and ranks. Yeah. I just wonder yeah, if it really, it really cheapens. I mean, I don't mean to extend, but it does cheapen kind of the results of these rounds um, going into nationals. Yeah. And that's, and I wonder if that was something that might be taken into consideration next year. I feel like some of these rules um, are kind of reactive. Like you don't think someone would do that and you're like, Oh, someone's doing this one thing that we didn't think about. So now we got to put a stop to it. So I'm curious to see what kind of changes will be made, if any, uh, if this is going to be addressed uh, next year, because I know it's, um, I don't say it's a pain point, but it's, it's just one of those things, like you said, it kind of cheapens uh, the overall outcome, especially with somebody as, as impactful as Billy. Like he's just a great player and he's going to alter any team he's on. And I can even speak from my own team. Like as soon as we found out we picked up uh, Billy on Headhunters, we're like, okay, we have a really good chance of making a good splash because uh, we got Billy. But at the same time, it's like it'd be kind of cool to do it on our own because we know he's, we're not going to be able to keep him if we do well. But um, let's move to you, Joe, and, and your overall takeaway. And yours is kind of different, um, obviously, because this is your what your second elite. Yeah, I mean, I played on a free agent team um, round two in Portland last year, um, but that was really kind of dipping my toe in the water and getting a feel for it. So yeah, I would say this is my first elite season. Especially um, as a as a conqueror and a the unquestioned yes, authority as a uh, as a team uh, emperor, um, but uh, between the two rounds for sure, this one ran a lot smoother. Um, it definitely helps having a divider where balls aren't going to fly. Like the ball control was way better in this round um, due to the unfortunate net situation in Phoenix. Um, also, a much chiller <laughs> tournament. I didn't. I didn't recall any blowups, any um, any major issues with anybody. Uh, as a ref, I didn't get yelled at once, um, which was fascinating for me. It's always good. Oh yeah, like so. Yeah, just overall, they they posted the uh, the round robin on big paper in two places in the gym. So instead of trying to track down your entire team. Um, with that little piece of paper, you know, everything uh, was posted up. So I think they learned some of the pitfalls of uh, round one with this new format. And then, um, yeah, overall it's, it's nice to jump into um, a, a level of competition that really challenges us as a new team. And it, uh, it goes to show you we were missing a couple of our players and I would say arguably our best player. And, um, while we found substitutes, there was no like teamwork really compensates for a lot of stuff in this, uh, in this league, like just to go show you with rise, like playing injured, playing down, they're still killing it because they, they play arguably the smartest ball um, of most of the teams that I see. So yeah. Seated fifth took third. That's, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Yeah, for having one guy that can't throw, you know, effectively with a, you know, bad hand. He made a killer catch, too. Um, um, You know, kind of like a diving out of bounds catch. Um, It it hurt me to watch his club hand, like, go over that ball. But, um, yeah, it it just goes to speak volumes in in saying that if you're a team, if you play together, like, uh, like Bill was saying, it means it speaks volumes 
uh, as opposed to just an amalgamation of talent. I'm going to revisit that later because we, in the recap with um, Brenda and uh, Alyssa, we we talked about something similar to that. So definitely going to pocket that one. But um, some of the things I wanted to note or I wanted to note that I noticed with my very limited uh, ability to to check in and see what's going on was, uh, first of all, I had a really hard time finding the brackets. Uh, Does anybody know why that was by any chance or like what happened to like the, the usual like picture of the brackets with the actual scores i just think they took took advantage of the bigger paper just Mm. didn't need to take uh, photos so large but everybody got the point well not everybody um the bigger papers you guess like the the brackets were posted on a bigger sheet is that sorry that was the point that joe made the the big change from round one to round two was bigger paper bigger paper (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean actually that was that was really nice to have those gigantic brackets and just cross them up and like you're going here next you're going here next yeah all right well bigger paper good but uh somebody but yeah i don't i don't know um i i know running a tournament because there was again there was two gyms because uh, the women played on a separate gym that Mark had to keep running back and forth, um, taking results. So I don't know. I feel like he needs a little PA to be able to take pictures and post them online and, you know, go grab smoothies and stuff. Well, Ali Bustamante runs the women's uh, side, and I think she does a pretty uh, good job uh, there. And and uh, Mark actually played with Rise for no sting i believe mm. yep yeah yeah so. and you know kudos to ali busamante because I, I had scores i had sheets I'll, I'll even go back to my notes and show them so i don't know if the excuses with open but uh next round would be really helpful to have those just saying but um who uh who ran uh open that was one thing i that i wanted to ask because i thought i saw jake mason is was like somewhere out in not LA. So, do you guys know who ran it? Just out of curiosity. I think it was Mark. Mark. Yeah, Mark ran eight point five. Gotcha. And then for no sting, was it Markel? No, um, no, Markel was kind of trying to help teams get to where they need to go with the with the bull, the blow horn or whatever. It's <laughs> Mega horn. Awesome. Uh, wasn't doing. Uh, he was he was doing his best he can there, but I don't know who the guy was who was collecting scores. Does anyone know that guy's name? Oh yeah, no, I don't know most people's names because I'm awful um, at being a person. So um, as long as you got Arizona, that's all. That's all I ask. Yeah, I can I can pinpoint most of us. So we'll find out. Well, uh, whoever that person was, thank you, and that's awesome, Mark Hale, if you're listening. Thanks for attempting. Maybe we'll need to get you a bigger bullhorn or something, but. Um, it's it's crazy because I, I I even um, yeah actually thank you Bill uh, I don't know if I ever got to thank you for uh, your work with the data, dodgeball database um, doing the NCAA recap or NCDA recap it was it was really awesome being able to see like all the all the scores and breakdowns and brackets so anybody that, that that's willing to put that stuff together it just helps me and helps us immensely so um, without trying to knock anybody just yeah if. if if you guys are posting pictures of, of updates and whatnot, please continue to do so. It's really helpful and it just it goes a long way. But yeah, so. just on that note, if uh, you know if you're a player and you want to see results on that website like fast, 
please ask the organizers to send me stuff like poke them annoy them um i haven't had time to like add features to it but it's one of the things like work's kind of settled down now so i'm hoping to get some stuff out uh once there's some better features i'm sure people will use it more right now it's just kind of a lookup thing so you know right now my main target is like literally you steve like people that are doing these podcasts and stuff uh to be able to look things up um and so once i start adding other things i'm sure more people will be able to see it and see it but you know, getting the results up there when you have those other things to, to, you know, play around with, there'll be more data. So awesome. please beg organizers to send it to me. Yep. That Tyler Greer articles and, uh, yeah, those, those make for a really, really good, um, platform to work off of, but, um, let's go ahead and talk again to some of your guys' talking points. Um, Ryan, I know that you had a couple, we we're kind of talking about this offline. Uh, but is there anyone that in particular you want to start out with, or do you want me to kind of lead you into what I'm looking at or? No, yeah, I've got something. Um, one thing that stood out to me was both in 8.5 and noting the disparity between the competition on either side of the, the pools. There was two pools, I think 11 teams in each side. Um, and I don't think they did a very good job of breaking up the talent in that on both times, uh, one side was had a higher collection of top-seeded teams um, compared to the other side that had a lower n- n- number. And I think that skewed the seedings uh, going into the brackets because you either had to play a, ton- a lot of good teams or you had to play a few good teams. Uh, I think they were broken up by your either your seeding or your standing from the previous event. Yeah, I was talking to Mark today. He said he basically just took the polls from last from round one and just did like one three five did odds and the evens and then just then just mixed them up oh so he did Um, the pools not the results yeah he did the pools okay who you played in round one to now um but again that ran that randomizes it which is great but then like, like i said i looked at the top ranked teams today um and in one side there was five top ranked teams and the other side had three and then for no sting, it was a very similar story to five top ranked teams and three. So they could have done a better job of flipping a couple of those around to make it more even. I mean, I would, I would argue the point that at this level of competition, um, like I would welcome that sort of as a, as a garbage team, like we are definitely the bottom of the rankings at this point. So, so uh, take that perspective as you will, but I mean, the Cleveland Browns have to play the Steelers, you know? Um, So I think it, it just makes teams better or it gives them the ability to, to learn what they're doing wrong or to quit, to be honest. I mean, we played, uh, we played a couple teams that were like, why are we even doing this? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you have to look at elite as the highest level of competition in the nation, um, we don't have to, uh, take people's feelings into account. Like you're going to play these tough teams. And like, like you said, it was split like three and two and like three and four type things of like the top teams. Um, and while it, it may, it could have looked balanced on paper, or they could have balanced it as as best as possible on paper, and then, you know, Billy switches to a different team, Ketchum's out, no Dylan and Randy on heat, you know, whatever, whatever. 
Um, you know, on paper it looks good, but in reality it shakes out differently. So I'm perfectly fine with whatever teams they place ahead of us. We're going to try and beat them as best as possible and, you know, let it shake as it does. I'm curious how it's going to play out next next round. Like what the round round is he going to like flip it again or is he going to go back to what it was in round one? But uh, at least the, the attempt to randomize it is there. That's way better than – I know I harp on this all the time, but like back in the NDL days where like, oh, you know, there's all these teams coming from Arizona. How about they play against other Arizona teams and not all the other teams from across the world? So I can I see what you mean, Ryan, like looking at the like this top part of the bracket with um, I'm not going to name anybody because I don't want to be that guy, but I definitely see what you mean. So we'll, the cool thing is we'll be able to compare, you know, next next round and, and see if that was uh, if it was just the randomization or if there's a new way that Mark may need to think about round Robin, but, um, what else you got? What other takeaways did you have or talking points? Um, let's see here. So, uh, yeah. So I actually want, wanted to thank Bill for his research that he, he, he did. And I, I actually like got to see that in, in real time. Um, in that if you had a shorter, game beforehand you had a better chance to win your next game or you at least had more energy or could could make some more plays and that if you had a seven if you you played seven games and then seven games uh you could just see teams get getting gassed and not be be, being able to go for the the long haul and what did you base that sorry say i was gonna say what did you you base that off of like how did you how'd that happen (laughs) Uh, entirely off of statistics. Um, well, first of all, at rounds, uh, what was it? Round one. That's the number. Uh, we played, oh God. Um, yeah, we played heat. We went to seven. Um, I don't know. We just had a lot of strange game sevens as fortune. Um, and I kind of wanted to see the statistics of like best of seven and what was going on. And, uh, just, you know, hyper just after playing so many best of sevens and like, uh, I think the big time was after the Tribune, we played doom in best of seven. We came out on top in seven and then had to play heat. And we were just like, we were gassed like a hundred percent. Uh, and so I wanted to see like the actual numbers, uh, behind that. Um, and so just taking all of round one stats, uh, the, there was like, there was one team that did it and that was, uh, us versus headhunters, uh, fortune came out on top but both teams had gone to seven. So either way, one team would have come out on top in a, you know, game of seven, game seven. Uh, I think a couple more teams did it this time. Um, but yeah. Hmm. I mean, you feel it. You, you play seven games and you, you really feel it. You've no one is conditioned for that yet. Right. Like round one was the first time or I guess even the Tribune was the first time we really like played seven in a series. Um, and so, you know, endurance is a big factor now. It's no longer three. It's essentially more than double at the max. That's a good point. I'm trying to pull up your old, uh, the old bracket and, uh, looks like seven, uh, maybe six rounds, six matches against thieves, seven against, uh, heat. I want to say seven. I don't know if that's a three. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we're not really – well, maybe maybe now we're getting there, but at the onset we definitely weren't conditioned for seven games 
um, back to back to back, or at least the possibility of that. Well, especially if you go to seven, there's a good chance there's a lot of teams that have only gone to four or five, and so they're waiting for you to finish to start a new game so you don't get a whole lot of downtime between elimination rounds. It's just, boom, game seven, yeah, we won, and then it's like, you know, you're moving right on into the next round. Yeah, I think um, uh, Crisis was a good example of that in the 8.5 bracket in that the Raiders played the Snipers, um, and we beat them, I think, like four to one. Had plenty of time to rest and get ready. Uh, when we played Crisis, I think the, I think it was seven games. I think it was like a four-three match. Um, it was a hard-fought thing, and then they went on to play Downpour. Uh, that I think also went to like six or seven games. And so by the time they got to Rainbows, I think they were pretty tired, ha- having played probably almost four, fourteen games. Um, they got beat by Rainbows and then had to go play Rise in the Constellation match. And I think they were just as tired there too. And, and, uh, rise, rise beat them. Um, because when you play those long, long games, you just, you just get tired. Yeah. It's, uh, I want to say it, it, it's probably different when you have, uh, I mean, you're going home after this. If you don't, you don't have that luxury of we get locked, knocked into the loser's bracket. We can play again. It's, it's do or die. So add that on top of, uh, you know, the stress and just, you really want to win. So you probably just go all out and it's kind of scary to think of what, uh, what the future athletes going to look like for dodgeball in a couple more, a uh, couple more years. Um, one thing I noted, noticed, and I don't know who, who put this up, but I, I saw your, what was it like your, your catch hit catch Ryan? Yeah, that oh, I put that up. I like okay. to brag, <laughs> brag on myself. Um, well, I film all of our games and then I go back through and try and try to find some good plays uh, to put up there. So, um, yeah, so that's how, how I knew it was bit was Billy is I think I caught Billy throughout um, Terry and then caught uh, Alvarez uh, when we played against the Arsenal. And then that put us up six, three, and then we ended up losing that match with like a five one one against Brett Um Cobble and Cobble caught um, somebody on our team and then brought him Billy and then he just crushed us. After all that, oh. well, it looked really cool. Um, I just saw, I saw, I was like, this is why I love dodgeball because you can just do random crap like that and it's, it happens so fast and reflex kicks in or kicks in and just looks amazing. Um, and then, is that, is that the clip where Eric Jones is just like baffled by what just happened? Yeah, it was pretty quick. That was the first uh, 15 seconds of, of of that match. That's awesome. It's just at a loss. I think yeah. that was the only clip I saw, too, of the entire event, and that's why I was wondering, like, um, just where are the streams at? Am I just missing it? Am I not seeing it on my feed? But um, let's go into some of your talking points, Bill. Actually, before we do that, I'm sorry, Ryan, did you have any others? Or nope. No, that's pretty good for ones? now. Awesome. What you got, Bill? Uh... Yeah, so I think my, my first talking point is uh, I don't think we talk about uh, refing enough. Uh, you know, we talk about the, the game and stuff like that, but we're all, you know, responsible for refing. Uh, so one thing I started doing, and I, I just want to, you know, bring it up and I'd like to hear people's thoughts on it, uh, is I started doing something called, like, what I call task refs. And so if I hear, like, a team complain about something or there's some iffy calls, um, if there's a ref nearby, I'll, I'll ask them, like, hey, I want you to just watch this team clearing over the center line, then go ahead and watch the game as you want. Or, 
hey, could you just keep an eye on this player when players are on them? Could you watch this? Could you watch that? Um, because at least then there's someone dedicated to a job. And even if like they really don't want to, um, I've kind of pulled them in officially. Uh, you know, we want more refs on matches anyway. And even if they don't really like, you know, want to, uh, you've kind of like pinned this idea, like that something's happening with this player and like subconsciously or consciously they'll, they'll watch that player more. Um, and I found it's really helpful. Um, clears the air on a lot of things. Someone was complaining about, uh, rainbow, uh, rainbows clearing. And I had someone like, Hey, just, you know, watch them clear, make sure everything's all right. And every single match after that, they're like, yep, fine. Yep. Fine. Uh, and they just watch it, watch it, watch it. But at least as a ref, I knew like, cool, this is taken care of. I don't have to watch 10 things at once. This one thing that's been a little iffy is being taken care of. Um, so I'd like to hear, you know, from people more and more about like what, what little things they do to improve the game. Um, because I, I think refs get a lot of and refs don't deserve at least the ones that are like working hard, you know, uh, to, to be the best refs they can. Um, so yeah, I think the more that knowledge and you know you give little tasks to people just to you know do this or that, like I think it's helpful, and I'd like to hear other things from people. Well, so, I think um, as a, as a team, when you know when you ref as a team, having that communication between each other of you know you watch that clear line, I watch this clear line, we both say clear, um, so we're both aware that if a ball happens. Um, you know, it's been cleared and one person's on burden and the other, you know, just, just kind of having that same mindset of working together is invaluable. And I mean, I was lucky enough to have Joe Colella, um, who is, you know, in the upper echelon of, of refs, in my opinion, um, you know, as my ref partner. So it's, um, it's, it's nice to be able to rely on your partner, uh, be it, in a round robin match where it's your teammate or when you're refing a, um, you know, an elimination game just to know that the person on the other side of the court is confident enough that if a play happens, you know, you're not going to give either team kind of that, like, well, I don't know what happened. That's the worst. Uh, Yeah. So do you, uh, Bill, did you task as your ref or as a player, you're asking somebody to say, Hey, can you watch this other team do this? Um, I think it's both sides. Um, I've had enough refs, uh, and I'm not going to name names. I'll, I'll let elite deal with that as we send clips about refs. Um, just like kind of be like, man, whatever, like, you know, off, go over there. I don't want to hear anything. Um, and I don't know, like we're all playing at a, at a level that isn't, you know, your local rec league or this or that, like, if the captain comes up and asks something, like giving it a you know at least like a little bit of like perspective and like uh, you know taking it in and you know trying to get you know talk to the other ref. I know I've done it a lot. Someone's talked about something. I just talked to my other ref like, hey, team's complaining about this. Let's just be extra attentful about you know this or that. Um, but I don't know. It there was some bothersome plays to say the least. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I see both ways. Like, I've been, as a ref, I've been in a situation where somebody would be like, hey, can you watch this person? I'm like, well, if I watch that person, what the heck are you guys going to be doing? Who's watching the rest of you? And so I'll, I'll I'll dismiss that. But if it's something that's like a clear issue or something that I'm not covering, like, for example, are they clearing the ball? Then, yeah, I've, I've pulled 
people aside and be like, hey, can you watch this specific line of, or made a mental note? Just But whatever attention I'm giving needs to be met on the opposite side. So that's why I like what Joe was saying. Like we, between you and whoever you're repping with, like you need to know, for example, or for sure what your, what your respective lane is. But um, yeah, I kind of like that, Bill. It's just, um, you know, just we got to do one um, – you got to make it even for for both teams, and I I think that's what you meant, though, right? Like just yeah, you know, I, I like, think it also helps the team know um, just that you know you're giving them that respect. You know, someone else is looking at this. Uh, it helps the captain know, okay, you know, this is something being looked at, um, and we you know when their eyes are like on something specifically, um, especially if you're reading the crowd and you know you hear those moans and groans, uh, you put it like a task ref on something at least when they come out, you know, and they say like, yeah, it's clear, right. There was someone dedicated to watching it and it, it helps both sides, you know, feel like, okay, going forward. This is a um, very well-called game. <clears throat> we're, not, we're not getting screwed out of anything. Yeah. I think there's nothing, there's no better feeling to me as a ref than coming out and having both sides say like, you know, thank you for refing, like, you know, good work. Like just knowing a game's gone smoothly is, you know, I, I know I've made mistakes, uh, and I'm going to make mistakes in the future. Uh, but, you know, trying to minimize them as best as possible. Gotcha. Uh, what else do you got as far as talking points go? Uh, I think if I don't shout them out, uh, I will hear <laughs> forever. Uh, Rainbow's taking second twice. Uh, both the game, you know, going to seven against Heat. Like, both of those teams, like, really showed up this event. And those games are fun to watch. Like, those are battles. Um so yeah, I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on that. One had a tragic engine ending, but I won't go into the details of that. But those games are really fun to watch. I can definitely get into that when we go into the uh, the bracket plays. So I'll definitely we'll revisit that one. But as far as like overall, uh, what else you got? Oh God! I'm staring at this laundry list of items that Joe has, so I'm just ready to. Yeah, you know, no, I, I was, I was super prepared, and then you were like, "Yeah, we don't want to talk about most of that." I was like, "All right, cool." Oh, I think we do because <laughs> uh, a lot of the stuff I actually wanted to bring up myself. So, but uh, uh, Joe, that yes. that fourth point, no good camera stands, my dude. I put up thirty stickies on the wall. See, yeah. I um, I will. <laughs> so I bought the jaws um, uh, right before I left Arizona, thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have poles to set up on and stuff like that, and definitely did not bring my attachment to put on stickies. That one's on me as a new team filmer. Um, so yes, that was before we, uh, uh, before I found out about all those stickies on the wall that were uh, fair game. What are these stickies? Just the uh, the GoPro uh, slide-in mount. Okay. Yeah, I bought 30 of them because uh, I like watching dodgeball. I want to make it easy to film dodgeball, and I put them in all the places that I knew uh, lend itself to good footage. Uh, and so I put 30 in the wall without thinking like, oh, those things turned to cement and are extremely difficult to take off. And so the last like two hours of my day was me trying to get leverage on these things that are like super close to the wall. And that was a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate you, even though I had no idea. <laughs> like what I'm going to say is I didn't know we were going to be podcasting together. So, Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we did get some good footage from that. And um, just like, honestly, that's a really fantastic example of people doing something about the change they want to see and kind of just, you know, 
making that taking that action on their own. Um, you said there's there's a line here that says things we'd like to see implemented. What is that, Joe? Um, so one of my major complaints about Elite as a whole, and I didn't talk about this um, like in my new to Elite thing, is just like the I'm gonna I'm not gonna say lack of transparency when it comes to travel plans and everything like that. Um, you know, waiting to announce gyms and uh, hotels and stuff like that as a as a guy who travels incessantly for work um, whenever I can get a drop on, you know, booking a Airbnb because I'm the, I'm the bankroll of my team. So I'm the one that ends up putting out all the money for the, uh, um, you know, the Airbnb or the hotel or anything like that. So being able to know things in advance is one of my, I guess, pet peeves type thing. So that's, uh, that's something that I wish would improve as time went on. So you're probably hoping that they announce, you know, where Nationals is going to be pretty soon then. Oh, it would be nice um, just to be able to, because I know, I know we've been uh, like, well, I have been lucky and us in Arizona have been lucky that round one was Phoenix, round two was LA, round three is Vegas, and they're all within driving distance and they're all reasonable places to book but if i'm booking a flight you know be it in wherever nationals is there's a big difference between two months in advance and four months in advance in pricing um and then uh yeah so that's just but i i under i also understand it's incredibly tough to um run a big old organization like uh, elite but you know <laughs> in an ideal world it would be nice to know where I'm going. Um, put it on the old calendar. Yeah, it would be nice if they said where Nationals was going to be. You know, if it was someplace warm, you know, maybe someplace south or south by southwest or. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just going to not say anything. It would be nice. I'm, I'm kind of banking on that, but. Uh, I wanted to ask about Showdown because uh, we, we don't really I don't really get into it until we have like the top four or like the remaining eight or however it's broken down. But um, I was curious about this when you said Showdown seems unimportant. What do you mean by that? By that, Joe? Um, I didn't know it was going on, <laughs> so that's how I feel like it's unimportant. Um, so one of my one of my players that uh, will be on Smash going forward, CJ who's new to elite. He, uh, he played round one with grit. Uh, so he, he managed to win, um, and advance to this round. He hurt himself to the point where he couldn't play no sting with us. Still won his no, his, uh, his showdown, hmm. um, with like a torn groin or broken ankle or whatever the heck happened to him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just yeah. showdown just happened. Um, and there was no like fanfare to it. Um, I'm actually going to agree with this. Um, round one, I know when they did sign up, uh, I wasn't planning on d- doing it. And I saw the line just getting shorter and sh- shorter. So I walked up to see how many spots were left and almost half the bracket was left. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sign up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't feel like people take it as seriously anymore. So I don't know if it's just a West thing, but um, you have to rush to sign up. 
Um, and I think that turned off a lot of people to be like, I don't want to stand in that line or what, whatever. So I don't think some of the better players are even wasting their time participating. Gotcha. I was person like 33 in that line last year. So I know that feeling of like waiting and then not even getting in. It's like Disneyland. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I feel like if there was like some sort of committee vote, like every team submitted a name to it type thing, like, so at nationals, then showdown would be a big old like thing or I don't know. It just, it just seems like a, a fun little side project and um, um, it doesn't seem super important to me. I'm sure it's super important to the people who are playing, so I don't want to diminish their value. Um, but uh, yeah, not to me. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of back you up on that. It's, you know, anytime we'd see back in the day when Showdown was still, well, when, when Elite was still kind of taking off, like the gym stopped and everyone was watching these one-on-ones. So to, to go from that, where that's the only thing that matters at that time, to, uh, oh, Showdown's happening. Like, I, I think I see what you mean without being there. Um, but we'll see, like, what round three looks like. And we'll see if that uh, is, like you said, kind of just like, oh, this additional event that um, some people care about, but not everybody, like like they used to. I mean, they were trying to run sh- Showdown during the championship 8.5 match. Oh, well, there you go. Um, that's not going to... Well, that's why I didn't see it because I was refing. So um. it's such a yeah, it's such a an afterthought at this point to be yeah. like we don't have enough time. Let's just get this over with. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, that's. Oh, I, I should say I'm proud of you, CJ. You're doing a great job. Um, because I, I don't want to be like, well, he won this bullshit event. So. Um. <laughs> no, no, I think there's there's still a lot of good players. I know last year from the West. Um, there were a lot of good players um, that I think represented the West well, but yeah, I don't know. Koi won last time, so I wonder if that's going to happen again. Freaking Koi. Um, well, You're a big getting... fan of Koi, right? Oh, the, the best fan. If ever there was a fan of Koi, it was me. It will always be me. Uh, I love I love me some Koi. He's a great dude. Um, nice catch, Bill. <laughs> Um, but let's let's kind of go into the actual like teams now because uh, there's some other remarks here, um, Joe. That I kind of want to say for when we actually talk about that specific team. Uh, but I do want to take away your 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 question of like who are who are it best? Like who do you think has the best looking jersey? And um, putting all all three of you guys on the spot, Ryan. Do you, do you have like a, a weigh in right now just from all the teams that are out there and all the rebranding that's been taking place? Do you have a favorite? Um. Uh... Dang. Um, I think the Thieves have a nice jersey r- right now, the, the black and white. Um, yeah. Fair. How about you, Bill? You're pointing to yourself. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. Thieves, I think, is uh, my absolute favorite jersey right now. Uh, it's just, it's so clean. Like, it, my tip to everybody that's doing jerseys, if you're putting like small little details on it, like when I see you across the room, it's just gonna look like a bunch of like, like a mess. And I'm not gonna know what you're, what I'm looking at. Uh, Thieves is like the perfect, like Thieves, Dynasty, uh, and there's a couple others that like, you see their jersey from a hundred feet away and you know it's that jersey. Um, there's a lot of other teams that like, they fade into the crowd because it's so hard to see. There's so much going um, on. Yeah, and so like when it's you know clean like that and it's pretty easy to see or it stands out in a certain way, uh, I love those kind of jerseys. Nice. 
What about you, Joe? Do you have a do you have a preference? Uh, yeah, Smash. Because um, I I designed them. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like I I agree with you. Like I would I would have set these as well. I I really do like that simple yet elegant. Um, like Heat does the same thing, except like those those that's like a Ronald McDonald nightmare of colors. It's, it's like the 1980s Astros. I can't I can't stand that look. Yeah, it's but but I do like I love the design. If I were colorblind, they would probably be my favorite jerseys. Um, but that's uh, a weird compliment. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm a fan. Like there are a lot of really cool designs, but I agree with you, Bill. Like at a certain point, it just like. It, it becomes kind of just a, a mess of um, um, of intricate de- details that you're not going to notice from 50 feet away type thing. But, I mean, I respect anyone that designs their own jerseys because um, there's a lot of pressure, especially when you have input from teammates. Oh, that's a nightmare. That, yeah, dude, I, I spent <laughs> so much time and money getting just the Smash logo designed from people being like, well, that's too stupid or that's, you know... <laughs> I don't like that. Um, so, well, I uh, I like the thief jersey. It's it's pretty pretty crisp. Um, so I agree with you guys on that one. And uh, yeah, jersey designs are a, a freaking nightmare. But I will say, LADC as well. I really like the LADC ones. I'm sorry, like I just saw the list. I agree with that. LADC. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I love the LADC jerseys. I'll have to, I'll have to look them up in a second because they're they're not ringing a bell. Um, I was gonna say, oh shoot, what was it? Oh, that's nope. uh, Joey Connor. Um, yeah, it's a rather new Eric. team from LA. Um, they added some guys from EXO, and then uh, Nick Factorin and Jamie Miguel, a couple other guys, uh, joined them. Yeah, no, I now that I'm remembering that jersey, that that's again, it goes back into like that simple, simple design. Plus, I love Joey. Um, shout out to him; he's one of my favorite people. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, Joey uh, Kramer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that guy's uh, killing it on the uh, fit group, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it took yeah. me a while to get your tracker jokes. Like, I, that's how like <laughs> not. That's how much I wasn't using the tracker that I didn't get them for a while. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I do need to do this. Well, I uh, I screwed myself over because the second I made that super passive aggressive jerk walkthrough, I uh, went on a very bad hiatus, just a huge slump. So, doom on me. But um, I don't see LADC, but I'll, I'm sure I'll see it when it pops up. I'm trying to look at Kramer's uh, feed and I'm getting distracted. Um, I was gonna say I, the one thing I do like about Heat is they match. Like everything matches, so they at least have that going for them. I just I can't get over the fact that I see. 1980s Houston Astros, and I remember they were just terrible, terrible baseball players back in the day. Anyway, um, so let's go ahead and get into the actual, like, uh, let's talk more about the teams and the players, um, and I, I saved some of these notes for later that you spoke of uh, or wrote down here, Joe. Um, but let's actually, first of all, huge thank you to Relina for, for actually um, compiling everything. Like, the, I, I got the bracket from her and the seating. And so that is insanely helpful to have. And I was really kind of freaking out that we wouldn't have brackets to read off of. Um, earlier I was talking about like how we need that content. And if we don't have brackets, then, you know, what's the point? But anyway, um, the one thing I wanted to talk about from the get-go is just outsiders taking first seed. Earlier we talked about Andrew saying what happened. Can any of you guys kind of talk about that? Like 
obviously, I, I think this is the, f- the first time the Outsiders came to the West. Is that is that true? Can we verify that? Or like, I don't think I've seen them in the yeah, West. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, I would say that's that's also true. Um, I was pretty excited to get to play them because people joke in the in the West about go, going to the South and playing and probably doing really well um, just from the, the jokes about the South. But um, I was excited to have them here and get to see how we um, matched up against them. That was uh, pretty nice. And how did that match play out? Um, they beat us in 8.5, but we beat them in no sting. So... Uh, and I think we also beat them in round robin and uh, co-ed too. So uh, it was fun. It was fun. They're such a great group of pe- people. Uh, I really like all of the guys all- on that team, and their competition is just top notch. So uh, it was really fun. If um, if you didn't know they're from the south, would you have taken them from a west coast team, like for lack of better words? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, best coast, whatever. Uh, yeah, outsiders they seated first. I, I objectively, like, yeah, they're a West Coast team in that regard. Like, they kicked. Ass. I didn't get to play them eight point five, but played them in no sting, and I'm not surprised. Right? Like, they they're a really good team. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully, shutting some people up. I feel like it's cool for me because I just, again, getting to know them over the past year, last year, and then through some of the recaps already that we've done. Um, I like seeing that 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 progression and that merging of one region to another, of, of one team to another. So um, I was, was kind of shocked when I saw that. I was like, wait, wait. So I didn't, first of all, I didn't even know the outsiders were there, but that's awesome. But also, like, what happened to the other teams? So looks like uh, Rainbows took second, and um, I think that's pretty much where they ended up just overall, right, in both brackets, both uh, open and no sting. Did they uh, – did any of you guys get to, to watch them play at all? Can any of you guys speak uh, for, for them? Yeah, we we played against them a couple times, or for both, I think, uh, open and no sting and co-ed, actually. Um, and uh, I think I refed a couple of their games. Um one, just a fun team to watch. Um, I really enjoy playing against them. Really enjoy like watching them play. Um, but yeah, they just stuck to their game. I mean, Sean locked down the corner. Uh, Brandon was on point in the uh, in the middle, and um, you know, Allen was holding down the other side. So they just goes back to to just being a team. They've been a team for. A, you know, a fair, fair amount of years, if I recall correctly. And, you know, they know what the other side of the court is doing and they don't have to worry about, you know, any holes in their game. So obviously not doing so well last round, tying for ninth. They did whatever they needed to to kind of come back and remind us that they're they're still a force to be reckoned with. I think that was the open nose thing that you were looking at. For, uh, For round one? Yeah, open 8.5, right? Second tab. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So open 8. They get even. Let's see. I've got a question for Bill. Um, because I don't get to play against um, Rainbows that often, um, up in the Pacific Northwest, would you say Rainbows is a collection of the best talent from Portland? Or does 
Portland spread its talent amongst its different teams? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is... Oh, God. Uh, forgive me for being still, like, not 100% up to speed on the, the PNW, like, local scene. It's been a bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Team Pizza and Team Tacos coming together to form Rainbows. Um, it was, like... I have the the history correct. The original Rainbows was uh, three pairs. It was Lou and Zach, Ricky and Alan, and Coiv and Sean, uh, all of which were like you know uh, doubles of players that played really well together, and then started that team. Uh, and then locally, they had played uh, at least on like the Portland side. Uh, they were spread over I think two teams. Uh, the newest pickup, Brandon um, Cook. I think was also in one of those. It's been a while. Uh, I'll, I'll remember at the next class, like where everyone was. Uh, but yeah, that, that was just kind of a bunch of pairs that came together as far as I've heard. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that there's just been this consolidation of power between the best dodgeball players from a particular city or area getting together and saying, well, let's form a team, somewhat of a super team. Um, you know, we went there with, doom and anarchy and a few others um and maybe outsiders are just like the collection of all the best players from their particular area and they they dominate but specifically like in the la area it's a lot of let's call us all mid-range teams that we haven't done a whole lot of consolidation of being like well these people are all the best so let's create a super team um and when doom broke broke up he joined all the best players that came out of phoenix and now they have heat and they're great. They're a great team. But um, I don't know. I think my, my, my point is um, it doesn't make dodgeball the most fun when we just create these super teams and then you sit at top because you're so great. Well, I mean, I, I think it just reflects, you know, sports as a whole. Like you look at the Golden State Warrior dynasty and, you know, the heat from before that. Um, I mean, Arizona hasn't done that. We – uh, Steve, would you say we have two Arizona teams? I'm, I'm, in, I'm including Smash in that, as we are, um, you know, ninety percent Arizona made up. But um, and then Headhunters would be the other Arizona team. Are you completely forgetting about Yasubo, or are they not Phoenix? Yeah, oh, I want to bring she... them up because they. I, I saw them showed up for round two, so I definitely want to talk about them later. But we can yeah, no, them up now. That, that, see that you brought me on to talk about Arizona. I completely oh boy, <laughs> completely got the Dominguez brothers out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we have a set Phoenix super team or Arizona super team. I think kind of like what Ryan was saying about LA, where you have some middle of the pack teams. I mean, even headhunters were all a lot of us are just out of shape and old. And so I'm definitely not going to say that headhunters is the premier team by any means. I think. The better part of that might have be uh, belonging to Heat right now, and then you know we'll see what the what the scope of Arizona Dodgeball looks like next year and what that's going to entail. But I would kind of, in a much smaller scale, we're kind of what like Ryan is saying. We're we're just middle of pack teams for now, with um, you know with, with Doom scoping up or scooping up some of the the AZ players. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, Heat. Hell, there was only one Arizona player on yeah, Heat think, uh, like, for round two. Yeah, and Randy and uh, Dylan weren't even there for for this round. So who did that leave on the Arizona side? Griff. Well, yeah. It's, oh yeah, I guess it's Cedros, uh, Southern yeah, California now. Yeah. So and yeah, then we got so Tyler, funny. and they picked up Kyle. Um, I don't know where Kyle's from, but not Arizona. Sander, um, Kyle Sander. No, um, Tom Thomas. Oh, okay. He's a he's a LA Long Beach guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're they're kind of like a. Yeah, so they're just a hybrid. If uh, if Randy and Dylan play, but I mean they didn't, and they did so much better. So <laughs> I was wondering how you're gonna phrase that. <laughs> yeah, face these guys in a couple of days. Just saying. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I welcome it. Yeah. Um, no, I like. I was actually I was wondering about like. Like they lost to you know, and, and Dylan and Randy are phenomenal players. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that they're the weakest links there, but was it a perfect storm? Was it them kind of coming together? Was um, the bracket uh, set up maybe? Yeah, right. Like there's a, there's a bunch of different because uh, they're all talented, but um, is removing Dylan and Randy like remove that like reckless element that benefits them a lot um, and make some play slower. I don't know, but it's something, uh, you know, something to keep tabs on. Definitely. That Randy and Dylan will be thinking about until round three. Well, before I get a message from Sean or, or Alan or heaven forbid, Coiv, uh, good catch, um, bill. So rainbows, they tied fifth and open 8.5 last time. So we're doing comparison of where they were last round versus this round. So whatever they did, um, they still stepped up. I want to say considerably to be, um, where they ended up uh, this round, but um, kind of talked about um, heat a little bit. Um, I was surprised to see grit up there, but I also like how much of that is attributed to uh, to heat. I wonder, but that's no sting. So let's see. Did uh were we talking about offline or online? Did did Billy play for grit for eight point five? No, he played Arsenal 8.5 and Arsenal no 8. sting. 5. He played with him. Okay. What's well, um? <clears throat> do you want to talk about Crisis at all? I mean, the biggest thing they didn't have Ketchum, but I'm assuming they had everybody else there, which is still a pretty solid team. We were talking about Brody. Uh, doesn't make any sense to anybody, uh, especially Joe. <laughs> That's why I want to save that for. But uh, did anybody guys get to see them play? Like, do they look different from the Crisis from round one without Ketchum or? Yeah, I, we, we played against them in uh, 8.5 uh, bracket play, and we had had some pretty good uh, initial games against them. I don't, I don't know if we won the first one, they won the second, you know, because I think it went like 2-2. Um, but Brody was on the corner where I think he typically is, uh, and we were kind of icing them out a, a, a little bit, and they didn't have that middle power arm like Ketchum. So halfway through, they had to switch – and put Brody in the middle and just say, okay, you take over that catch em roll and just start launching rockets, you know, Big gun. Um, which changed the dynamic of the whole game um, because we, we had played them pretty well when he was on the corner. Hmm. Yeah, and the, cra- the crazy thing is that they seeded third um, round one, two anyway, so that, that didn't really change too much. Uh, it was just the final outcome where they, I think they lost to, they lose to 
I think Brambos beat him. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Um, did you guys get to catch Havoc? Yeah, Havoc has looked really good for a while now. Uh, I think we brought it up last time too. Like, that team is solid. Uh, I'm not. Su- where, where did they end up f- finishing this time? They ended up because they got Crisis first last time, which is they lost to Rise. Looks like okay. So they took an Arsenal with with Billy on the team. Pretty pretty good feat there, and then fell to Rise. Was uh was Daniel Ronk on that team? Yeah. yeah. He's still he's still with them. Still throwing heat. God, it's so it's so misleading. Like, no offense to to Daniel, but he's a small dude, small kid, but he has a freaking rocket on him. It just doesn't make sense. I, I think he just got a big jersey. It's <laughs> a really big jersey. He's just like wearing a there's poncho. A, there's got to be like a, a layers upon layers of muscle to get that ball to launch the way he does. He's absolutely nuts. It's cutting the legs or something. So they're just overlooking. Because uh, I asked, like, does I think he have? He's got like four legs. You just can't see two that of would, them. <laughs> that would do it. Yeah, because I remember talking to him, uh, him and Kaylin. He's he's from Tucson and all, and you know, I like him pretty cool. Them, so like, like, what is it, man? Like, do you just are you just like ripped? Do you have like an eight pack, or are you just completely shredded, like to the core? Like, how do you throw so hard? He's like, no, I'm really soft and 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 spongy, or he said something like that. So I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's got four legs, like you said. Uh, we kind of talked about Rise. Still pretty pretty dang impressive that they showed up took fifth without chad with chris being late and with tim having one hand um pulling a jamie lannister trying to play left <laughs> also alan uh wait his... someone's gonna make that remark but i guess i'll do it myself <laughs> yeah i know uh alan uh was kind of hobbled throughout most of the day as well that's nothing new that kid is yeah kid worries yeah his, his hip is not doing well it was, it was yeah, his lower back. Yeah, he's got a disc. I think probably he's like a game of operation. Like there's something wrong in all parts of his body, um, but somehow he makes it work. Can you imagine if we get like a fully recovered, 100 percent, nothing hurts, good to go, Alan? Oh man, it'd be fantastic. I'd love to see that. Alan had a new throw that f- killed me. Uh, it's just like a 100% curveball. After he throws gas at you like one or two times, he just throws this curveball, and it came head height. So I just got the ball up, and it just like hit me in the uh, the wrist. Just like that was the easiest catch of my life, but I didn't expect it. It was a crazy throw. You can't do that. You've been advertising this one throw this whole time. Uh, actually, let's let's talk about your team, Bill. So Lucas, was he? He's not. Wasn't playing this round either. No, um, I th- he's starting to work uh, through his throws and stuff, uh, so he's he's progressing. Uh, I'm not going to commit any timelines or whatnot. I'll but, let him surprise everyone when he shows up. And yeah, so it's been a, it's uh, been an injury that's that's taken him out or kept him out of this. Yeah, his shoulder. He's working through it. He's okay. been playing uh, like exclusively lefty. Uh, in Seattle events since like November and now he can play lefty and it's absolutely scary and this is 
he's nuts. He's absolutely crazy, and he's still killing it. I think he's won like three local tournaments, and he since he's been unable to throw right. So like, he's still very good. We're gonna, we're gonna call it King Slain. If you are predominantly right-handed and you lose it, and you're starting to play left, and you're really good, I'm start calling you little Jamie Lannister wannabes. <sighs> He watches a lot of Game of Thrones. I don't know if he'll like that. <laughs> Can't say anything. Um, yeah, someone who played against those guys, it's been it's been different seeing them without Lucas um, because I think he's such a great player. Uh, seeing the player that they brought for round two, in my opinion, was better than the player they brought in round one but didn't uh, finish as high, I don't think. Um was surprising to see them. And I, I don't know if, if, if he's just like a glue that brings them all together, um, but it'll be nice to have him back once he's there. Yeah, it'll be interesting once he, once he is back. Uh, yeah, oh, 100%. I, we all look forward to having him back. So I'm looking at, you know, we got 22 teams. I would love to spend time talking about everybody, but I'm kind of just looking at like some of the bigger jumps and Showtime looks like the next one jumping from 18th last round to to six and we kind of talked about them a little bit kind of pointed towards maybe this to the fact that they've been consistent this whole time but uh ryan do you have any insight on them like how they looked uh, that we might not have covered already or just i mean unfortunately that was one team i didn't get to play against um that being said uh that means they were in the other bracket which i personally deemed the easier bracket um, but I will personally say that they've practiced a lot um, in the off season. Tori runs uh, our Saturday 8.5 open gym, right. um, and I think that speaks a lot to how good they've gotten. Um, they've been practicing a lot and playing well um, against some of the best players in in LA. So uh, I think that's why they they played so well. Uh, I have to ask about that format. Do you? Do you bring your team, you play with your team, or is it like a mix-up thing? Because uh, yeah, like yeah. for Seattle, like we have our rubber league, and between round one and round two, our rubber league didn't run at all. And so that, you know, that didn't help us in any regard. Uh, but yeah. I think how you guys are running it. Yeah, so, I mean, th- this is Tori's thing. He, he rents the gym and sets it up, and he basically uh, says, we're going to do 8.5. He had mixed in some foam to kind of get the numbers up for a little while, but when we can run just a full 8.5, um, two, let's see, we split a gym in half and play one game on one side and one, one, one on the other. Um, and if you bring your team, you can play with your team. So if you only bring five cool. players, you can just pick up a random per, per, per person to make it six. Uh, and then any randoms there, they just create a team of the, their own. And then we just rotate around, uh, and play. And you really get to practice with your team. Um, the Raiders play together and typically do very well, uh, at that, at that open gym. Um, because teams like Thieves and Gridlock don't typically practice, um, especially with, with us. But it is like LADC, Showtime, us, um, a couple others that I can look up. Dystopia, Snipers, Grit, um, they all practice with us too. Yeah, speaking of I might Grit, have to steal that idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's nice. Well, speaking of grit, so like you know, uh, I thought I was mistaken. I thought they had Billy for 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 open. Looks like they didn't, and they're able to jump from twelfth uh, to ninth. Did you guys notice anything about them? Any of you like that could have played against them or with how they looked? Because I think that's a pretty considerable leap, uh, especially for when when I play with them. 
So being able to see them kind of just inch their way up is, is pretty awesome. But do you guys have any thoughts on them or comments? Yeah, I'm blanking on who they added. I know they brought in John Bohr, who has been jumped around to a couple div different teams the last season. Um, and I think they brought in one other person, and I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, but I think they made some improvements. Uh, in Ooh, you hear that, Hooch? Oh, Armando. They brought Armando <laughs> from the East Coast. Our, um, Armando from um, Anarchy. So definitely and, Orlando Hooch is not adding to that. Is that what you're trying to say, Joe? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> they seem to be getting better and better without him. So, oh, that's right, he wasn't there either because of no, no. Yeah, he he uh, well, are you both going to be able to play um, round three? Uh, I know I'm good. I think he is too. Yeah, so that's funny. Steve's coming back. Just hit me in the face again. <laughs> that's all I want. Just just one and, and I'm out. <laughs> I, I'll just leave. And I'll I'll pretend like I'm sorry, and then I'll just be like, well, it's, it's tradition, so I just I must I guess I have to. Yeah, I'm really jealous of your LA practice scene because we uh we have our open gyms, which you know as uh, as Cactus is trying to grow dodgeballs of sport in Arizona, we're welcoming newcomers, and we don't want to terrify them by you know playing elite style 8.5 in a church against like newcomers so we don't i mean god when's the last time we've gotten like a we played cloth right before uh they went overseas i don't know why you guys did that tainted yourselves yeah. with that awful ball it was a we weird thumbs it was such a weird uh entry into how they play over there but uh yeah i mean we haven't had an honest to god 8.5 practice like with all like high level players in months. So we got, I think we got two in right before uh, round two, but it was with a couple people who've never played before, a couple of people that don't play 8.5 at all. So it's, you know, I'm glad that we were able to do it, but it kind of cheapened the experience. So yeah, definitely jealous that you guys get to you know, practice it up. We'll see what that looks like uh, round three. See how this practice continues to pay off, and really curious to see like where Showtime uh, and Grit uh, end up, and then really, really curious about Heat and seeing how how they go into round three. Um, so you know, unfortunately, it's there's there's so much that happened in this bracket that I I want to cover, but uh, just on the in the interest of time and just kind of moving on to uh, just like the overall like. You know, closing up or wrapping up for lack of better words I did ask or I did kind of put aside the heat versus rainbows uh, championship because I think uh, I don't know if it was you Joe or Bill but one of you guys said that it kind of ended tragically the, um, do you remember who was talking about that one yeah that was me all right so what happened and I, the score is right here is four three so it was a seven seven game match yeah I'm sorry Reeve uh, uh it was a one-on-one. Reeve had three balls to throw. Uh, you know, he went up to the line. He threw the first. His foot was close, like close to the line. Through the second one, foot was on the line. Through the third one, and his foot went over the line. And that was one-on-one in the game seven. And that's how they lost it, just going over the line. And oh, you know, nice. he had a really good position. And um, but, uh, 
Yeah, you never want to see something like that end like that, but you know, rules are rules. rules but I mean, rules. yeah, you're gonna on, on the reverse. If you had let that happen and he got that person out, then be like, no, he crossed the line. And then, my God, the backlash would have been forever. If it was if it was filmed, and I'm I'm assuming you apologize because you had to call him out in that. Is that your role in that bill? Yeah, you know, he's another PNW player and you know that it's it's still got to hurt, you know. It's going to hurt for a while and uh you know, th- that team still brought it to to game 7 uh twice, you know, both of those brackets and um you know, it it still could have gone either way at that point. I think that that final throw missed or whatnot. Um but you know, it's it's just tragic the way it it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the expectations are high, and you, you want something dramatic to happen, and that's unfortunately part of the game. And, uh, I mean, honestly, kudos to, to just, just calling that. I mean, some people might have a hard time doing that, calling their, their teammate out, or, or not their teammate, but their region mate out. So you did the right thing, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be beating myself up over it. Um, oh, I, I wasn't the ref or anything like that. Just yeah. Oh, just you saw it happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just okay, gotcha. you know, bringing it up again on the podcast is, you know. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I thought you like called him out. Like you had, you were the one to to do it. So, no, no, okay. no. I was trying to not touch balls on the sideline. Yeah. So what? Is, so we're kind of talking about the offline shagging rule or, or some kind of shagging thing. What was? Is that new or or what happened there? Like has yeah, it become more so strict? Only the team. Each team had two uh, representatives to be their shaggers, like designated shaggers. No one else is allowed to like touch the ball like whatsoever. Um, and so that, and like we, they really like, they, they started using the cue, which like is something we really haven't done before. Like, um, and there's a lot of questions around the cue and there's some ambiguity around it, which as a ref is never good when there's ambiguity around it. Um, so yeah, uh, we didn't use it in nosting the the shagging rule. Um, Mike McGee had a really weird throw as a shagger from like three courts over. Did like a spin in the opposite direction and then threw it back onto the court like the wrong way. So the dude's got a weird arm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was one of those things where on paper it made a lot of sense. Like you don't want spectators like haphazardly throwing in a ball, you know. Um, in theory, the team talks to their the shagger and say, "How do you want me to bring balls in?" Right. I get it on paper, but when you have a crowd of people, you know, around, and then these guys in red shirts have to hop over people to go scramble to get a ball, um, you know, in practice, it was uh, poorly executed. I but I, 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 I agree. So the cue I feel like is important because we actually had a number of times where people came in out of turn. I know headhunters had one in um, 8.5. Oh, I heard about that. Oh, that was uh, like if Izzy hadn't pulled that off, that would have been tragic. And uh, Gage would have just been in a dumpster somewhere in California. <laughs> but um, He's new. I think they would have forgiven him. He is. Yeah, this was uh, his <laughs> first elite tournament. Um, but we actually, uh, Smash actually beat Showtime after the fact because they uh, 
came in out of turn, affected the game, and then um, the refs – and I forget what team was refing it, but uh, the refs just let it go. Oh. Is Bill. Fortune. Um, uh, that was the one where we called the forfeit on Showtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, that was uh, – was that you versus Showtime? Yeah, it was Smash. Oh, no, I did. I did Heat versus Showtime. It happened again there too. Okay, yeah. So, so Showtime needs a cue. It seems, um, but I, I understand how like when you get a bang bang play, um, like sometimes you forget which person got out or if if you didn't notice that your teammate got out. So the cue makes sense, but I mean we learned early on that you just hold up your one. Like if you're first out, you just you know, reaffirm to your teammates that, hey, I'm first out, first in, so. Yeah, I, I think the issue with the queue is that it the intent was you're not allowed back in until you, like, go step somewhere, and it doesn't work without the designated shagger rule, right? Because it's, it's a very WDBF kind of deal, where, like, you go, you're out, you go stand in this queue. Uh, you have to, it, VDL has something similar where you have to be within arm's length of the ref before you log back in. So it's a designated spot to be there, um, all that stuff. Um, and then there's like very little shagging um, in general. Um, and so it's like another thing for the refs to watch. Like, did you go stand in the queue? And quite frankly, there are like more important things from to be watching, like between the plays and whatnot to see if someone walked over and stepped there before going back somewhere else to shag balls. Like, Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, as a ref, I can agree that if, you know, as I've called it, as long as you were off and you had no part of whatever play that could have potentially brought you in, like, you're in. Hmm. So, but I do want to, like, getting back to bracket play, like, Heat did a three-peat, um, which is crazy impressive. Um, so an actual sweep, right? Like, Yes. As I understand it, sweep is you get everything you possibly can, you win that, versus two divisions, which was Crisis was trying to call last last round. Right, because it was Crisis, no sting, Crisis open, and then Dope. And then Dope, dope got dope. co-ed, so they got a Saturday sweep. Yeah. Uh, I guess but, Crisis uh, yeah. doesn't really have a co-ed team, so maybe it doesn't, doesn't count. But yeah, I don't know what he did uh, to... Because just seeing like just heat across the board, that was, I imagine, it was pretty pretty awesome to watch. So I, I don't know what adjustments they made, or they finally got um, that cohesion or that synergy together. But uh, yeah, well, they didn't spend their off season doing memes, so uh, <laughs> that <laughs> they didn't come in with these unrealistic meme uh, expectations. Uh, so maybe that's the meme war. Yeah. I think the memes were a little justified after the uh, Tribune, right? Like they'd already like shown their stuff, but I uh, I appreciated the fact that they made fun of uh, Dylan and Randy immediately because like they're not even safe from themselves with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, and they did meme about themselves losing in round one. Yes. Yeah. So like it, it does go both ways with them, which I, I very much so appreciate. Yeah. I lo- they, they love to have fun. And that's, I mean, all in all, this is competitive and I appreciate the, the level of competition, but you know, you can tell the teams that are having fun 
um, and enjoying themselves. And it's, it's always refreshing to play with and against teams like that. It makes mm-hmm. the sport a lot more fun to play. Yeah, it should be. It, it's, you also, of- I will always root for Cedro. Dude, I love a Cedro. You remind me of a, a comment that Nate uh, Nate Evans made. So he his dad went to watch this, watch all these adults play dodgeball for the first time ever, and he's like, "This is the craziest thing because you guys are throwing stuff at each other as hard as you can. It's very very personal in your face, very aggressive sport." But yet, once the game's over, a lot of you are, are just chatting it up and, and being best friends. And that's that's a comment I made similar to like the recap with the, with the women's divisions. Like dodgeball is this weird thing where most of us can can throw at each other and hit them in the face and, and make jokes about it later um, and still be friends. So when when you have that environment, and you can kind of maybe take it up a notch by exchanging memes. Most of them all in good taste, I would hope, or good fun. It just makes dodgeball that much better. So. That's my whole take on on their memes and just seeing them make fun of themselves. It's like okay, like you said, it, it goes both ways. So at least they're they're just in doing that. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, through my obviously, I have the most limited amount of uh, play experience out of uh, the four of us. But like everybody I play against, no matter their style, if they're antagonistic, like like Vince plays very antagonistic style, where you wa- he wants you to want to get him out more than anything um or you have like the guys that are just friendly on the court like ryan you like you're just you're just there and then you're gonna catch somebody like like hey i'm on the court and then well, i just caught three balls so you didn't look very friendly when that. you did that um <laughs> you know it's no matter what play style i play against like it's it, it's a lot of fun to play against the you know, the different levels of, of people and different personalities. The only people I just can't stand playing against is when they repeatedly don't take an out or you don't, um, you know, when people garner a reputation for, for um, you know, maybe not, not taking that out. Uh, I don't know. It sours the game a little bit for me. Oh, that's, that's rare. That, that really... Really it, it really is like yeah and i will i will definitely reinforce that that you know i'm not pointing out anybody playing um you know and i couldn't name a person off the top of my head but oh um, i could name a couple yeah, yeah i saying. could i could too but i'm not yeah i was being sarcastic i'm in no position there. to do that agreed. Um, agreed but yes that you know those those specific finger out people who just don't feel it or don't think they take they need to take finger outs that, think- that that brings the game down but also just people with um, bad attitudes that are uh, constantly pointing at the other team or, or even claiming someone else is cheating is is kind of brings brings everyone down too. Yeah. Um, just kind of on that point, like uh, I said it in like a Seattle thread, um, but uh, uh, there were some you know feelings that like some of our, our uh, lower tier teams, um, you know, basically anyone but Fortune. Uh, coming from Seattle, where like not getting the same respect as Fortune was, for you know whatever reasons there might be, um, whether it just be you know the the luck of the refs they got or or this or that, um, but they thought the favorite one to the other the other team, um, you know, I'll I'll repeat what Mark said. Get get a GoPro. I got a 4K GoPro one to get better footage of leagues, but two, just to you know send those things to elite, right? They they want people to send stuff to them and. Uh, you know, once action's taken, I think it's going to happen less. 
Um, so I'll, I'll parrot that here. Yeah, everyone should be taking video. Everyone should be sending those clips to Elite because we won't be having this discussion as much if everyone did that. Yeah, it'll be so actioned. Find the obvious ones and it'll pile up. There's going to be a record on someone saying, hey, you had these eight ones. Here are these three fla- fragrant ones. Like, Ooh. you know, if that's what won you a championship, imagine getting, you know, a championship reverse from you or like a match reverse from you because one player wasn't taking their outs. Like that kills the team because if yeah. one person's like cheating, like yeah, but I mean, that and that that stops it. Like I imagine you'll think twice before you you know get hit and stay in. And I totally get like you you don't know, and but that's when you like you know look to the other player like hey did that hit me or look to the ref. Sometimes that happens, but like for for just flagrant. No, I'm gonna totally play the whistle. Like I can't wait to see that be completely eliminated. Yeah, and, and and like I get like this. I want to say I guess the psychology behind it is there have been a couple times in open gym or elite or whatever where I've gotten hit and there's that split second in my lizard brain that's like, well, I feel like I get away with that, but then you know reason f- floods in and it's just like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, uh, this this entire sport is founded on honesty, and I've like, you know, I've I've. I've talked to some of my teammates about, you know, if you're not sure you have to hit that person square, like make sure that there's no way that, you know, they can not get themselves out. So, which is a shame. And, and I hope, uh, you know, I hope, like you said, that kind of goes by the wayside once, uh, people gain reputations or there are consequences for that sort of thing. But, uh, I just hope that whenever there's consequences, those consequences are transparent because yeah, it's going to kill that one team, but it's going to prevent other teams from doing the exact same thing. That's what I mean, I can't wait for that. Like that, that's the, the like, I don't want to have like witch hunts and, and just completely embarrass somebody just for the fact of them being a terrible person. It's, I want the consequence to be, it impacts other people to do the right thing if they're not yeah. doing it already. It's, if you've it's ever seen um, the NHL uh, like review um, I think that that's a really good system um, where they have uh, what you call it. Like there'll be like a penalty that happens, something happens on the court, uh, on the ice, I should say, uh, and they say, okay, this player is suspended for three days. Uh, you know, they'll show you the hit. Um, they'll say like, okay, this person has like three uh, previous infractions of the exact same thing. Uh, this was during this. This is during this. So therefore, the penalty is this. And they're very clear in like their reasoning and the fans typically, you know, greatly appreciate it. Nice. Uh, yeah. If we can just get somebody to dress up in a nun outfit with a bell and just sell shame and just follow the person around, that, that might be enough. <laughs> or make them walk naked through the streets of uh, King's Landing. I wouldn't go that far. Oh. No, no, no nudity. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Just the, the shame bell. Just the shame. And that's the last Game of Thrones reference I'll make ever because it's over after this week. But um, I wanted to ask uh, this one question, um, and I'll ask all three of you, uh, starting with you, Ryan. Uh, last and then previous uh, recap with uh, with Brenda and Alyssa, they 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 were, or somebody was unofficially calling 2019 like the year of the catch, and I, I kind of like that. And I just wanted to get like moving forward, like the the panelists' like input, like what would you consider. 2019 to be would you consider it to be you're the catch as well or is there some other theme that you feel you would attribute being that we're already you know round two is done round three is on the horizon but you can just kind of have an idea of like who's going to end up where what would you say this is the year of ryan man um 
I think this year is going to be uh, interesting in that, you know, people like Mark have been doing this for a long time and who knows how long he's going to keep this up. I mean, he can't go for forever. So unless this thing starts getting passed off to other people um, and other people start taking responsibility, um, who's to say how long elite itself lasts. So what's this the year of, I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like who takes over the reins over this thing. Um, not this year, but you know, in the coming years, uh, as far as the catch, it, it's always been the year of the catch for me. So <laughs> I was going to say, he's the worst person to ask. It's always the year of the catch for Ryan. Right, yeah. so your, your, your first answer is year of the catch, but your second one would be year of the, uh, delegation of power or just people stepping up probably. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Year of the not doom rise final. <laughs> Man, your head was ready. <laughs> so well, you're the variety, I guess. <laughs> you're the... Yeah, it's, no, it's, weird. It's, it's nice to see a bunch of different teams, like, you know, fighting for that, that top spot. Right? Like, people used to get bored of, like, you know, sorry to say, like, I've heard it, like, over and over. This isn't, like, a bill opinion. I've barely been playing Elite to be bored of a Doom Rise final, but enough people are like, oh, Doom Rise, whatever, I'm leaving. Like, it's been Crisis Fortune, and now it's been Heat Rainbows. And the most stale it's gotten was that Heat Rainbows was the finals for two divisions. Okay. Like, it's, it's been nice to see a bunch of different teams, uh, you know, taking games off each other. And there's, there's a diversity in the top teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens when Ketchum comes back for round three. If, that, if we're going to see a crisis in some other team or completely different teams. And I definitely wouldn't... Um, wouldn't count crisis out with with catch him coming back but yeah i and doom and rise will always have a, a fun game to watch but it's like it's like okay what else is new doom and rise are gonna play again i'm gonna go to the bar now and i'll just watch it later or hear about it later so it, it's it's good to see the the, the change uh, of of teams uh what about you joe um what would you say this is the year of just in your well, experience? To be honest, my opinion doesn't mean a whole lot as I've not been doing this very long. Um, but I mean, so far, I, I think it could be the year of evolution. Um, you know, they changed drastically the format um, going to no sting, two day, seven, um, best of seven single elimination. Like they ripped everything apart and, and kind of created a new format. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of a lot of the changes, um, but we'll see long-term, you know, how they, uh, how they last in people's opinions. I, I know uh, you guys were lamenting the two day thing in the previous rounds recap. And like, I get, I get that hundred percent. I also don't party, so it doesn't really affect me. Um, I don't like being around a lot of people, in a social setting and I love being in bed by nine 30. So, um, you know, that's fine by me. Um, but yeah, like I get that second day is, is hell and you get, I would say a not as good of a product out there, but also if you're not playing co-ed, you only have a one day tournament. So, um, I'm in favor of the two day and the, uh, the best of seven and you know, all these changes, I'm a fan of, but I 
know, didn't really get used to the way it was before. So take that as you will. Also, I will throw in, you got your cursor here on this team taco versus team pizza question. Like you knew I was going to ask you that next. So uh, what is it? A hundred percent pizza. And thank you. I don't, I don't know why any, like I appreciate a taco as, as much as anyone else. I'm from Arizona. We have great tacos here. Um, <laughs> pizza's pizza. Like, yeah, no, that shouldn't even be a question. I, I agree, oh but some people, Sean Anderson, would unless would unless you put pineapple on it. Oh. Did you put me as pizza? I'm not pizza. I'm taco. I thought I heard a thank you come from your area. Oh, that was Bill. That was that was my area. I, I just said it. I asked, as you, I asked you guys. Ryan's mouth. I asked I you guys stopped. yesterday or last time, right? Last yesterday. I asked you guys last recap. Yeah. Okay. Just in case I did, I wanted to cover down, make sure I did, just because uh, we're going to tally these up in, in the end and uh, announce the winner at the end of the year. But uh, I guess Bill, Bill is practicing some kind of weird voice projection now, so that's that's great. <laughs> so Ryan is taco and Bill is pizza. Jody is pizza. But dude, I'm pizza hard. Like I should double vote for pizza. Yeah, Steve. Just to be clear, you haven't voted. Um. Yeah, I have. I, I said pizza a long time ago. Okay, just making sure it's uh, not written down here. Well, could okay. Well, Want to make sure you're not trying to get your way out of this, like that best of nine matchup against Koi that I've heard is coming. I will. What? <laughs> News to me. I will stand behind pizza till the very end, without without question. But uh, I'll have to talk to Koi later if I can even stomach it. Find out what he's talking about. This best of nine. <laughs> I can be the mediator if you, if you need it done. We might need that. Um, <laughs> And I didn't ask her, um, so I'm going to air it now, but uh, Alyssa Pandolfi, uh, she said she is, uh, after almost having a mental breakdown, um, she is now Team Taco. She used to be pizza as a youth. I almost want to make her pizza because of that, but I'll respect her wishes and put her as a So team wait, taco. so she's, she's saying she was pizza, then she had a mental breakdown and is on taco? I feel like that speaks volumes for pizza. I think you're reading this wrong. She said... Um, I almost had a mental breakdown figuring this out. <laughs> she said <laughs> that she lost her faculties, is no longer a sane-minded person, and was like, oh, yeah, I like food that's good, but protected by a roof-of-your-mouth-cutting heart shell. No, I gotcha. No I offense, say, Who Ryan. hurt you, Joe? But now I see. You're basic. So... <laughs> <laughs> all right well it is uh it is obviously very late for all of us um guys thank you so much for for sticking it out and uh you know just helping me still be able to, to recap i know we wanted to do this uh about a week ago but scheduling life being what it is couldn't do it but we were at least able to get it this time and i, I appreciate that so much but uh before we go off the rails because I, I feel it coming we'll just go ahead and end the interview <laughs> there all right, so that was a recap of the Elite Dodgeball West Round 2 Open Division Dodgeball Tournament that took place uh, Saturday, May 4th. Um, do apologize for the delay in getting this one out. Uh, unfortunately, the schedule with myself and the panelists just would not align, so we kind of had to push it back by one week. But I definitely at least wanted to cover it and not let it go by completely uh, uncovered. I do apologize for not being able to cover No Sting or Co-Ed. Um, unfortunately, West is just so massive. Um it, it just it's more of a lift than I can handle at this time, but I will do my best to make sure that we cover it and and very thoroughly uh, for round three and any other divisions moving forward. Um, I do want to thank Ryan, Bill, and Joe for hopping on this late and also being willing to just go back and relive uh, 
what took place. Um, it, it's again, as I said, with the uh, women's division, it's it's no easy feat to try to remember everything that goes on. But I definitely appreciate anyone that contributes content that helps us do so, whether it's the Tribune articles or Relina with the rackets or people posting gifts or images or video and anything in between then that um, it, it helps immensely. And it just, again, just adds to the, the legacy that is dodgeball. Um, huge congratulations to Heat uh, for taking first in 8.5, uh, Rainbows for taking second, and Rise for taking third in 8.5 respectively. And also huge congratulations to um, Heat, for, again, for taking no sting, uh, Rainbows for taking second, and Thieves for taking third. And just, again, a, I guess a triple congratulations for Heat for taking just all of it uh, for the clean, clean sweep of open, no sting, and co-ed. That is an incredible feat. And uh, as we discussed in the recap, I'm really excited to see how these teams uh, play out and how this all shapes out in round three. So without further ado, thank you for listening as always. Your suggestions, comments, complaints, concerns, uh, advice, is all, all of it is always welcome. So please feel free to submit at any time. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. So uh, if you're still listening, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time. All right, so we'll resume in three, two, one. One. Mother... (laughs) Three. You almost got me to drop an F bomb on my own sacred podcast. I don't think I've ever done that before. Maybe maybe my interview. Ah, I lost the timestamp.